I wanted mom to sing that song because what I'm going to be speaking about tonight is just a simple title. It says, God is able. And when I hear that song that my God can do anything, I love being encouraged by a song. It just does something to your spirit. It stirs the word of God up inside of you. It does me for sure. I'm thankful for this opportunity to be able to minister. Tonight, God is able, church. I, I thought when Sister Terry asked me to speak about a week or so ago, I just tried to think and pray about what would God have me to speak on. And I kept thinking, Lord, hopefully it's a story that you want me to speak on, a long story so that I can just talk about that story. Sometimes it's easier. But there's a verse that God has been speaking to me for the past couple months, and I've heard the verse a lot growing up, but it's been deep this time reading it. And uh, I thought it was, I, I asked God, I said, God, just show me a little sign just to make sure I know. It don't have to be a big sign. And Sunday night, Sister Terry, she quoted that for offering. She quoted this verse. So I said, God, that's enough. That, that's all I need. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. The Word of God says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. It's a very simple verse. It's a verse that we could overlook. It's a verse that we could just take a little bit from it, but this is a deep verse. Do we really believe that God is able to do what we need him to do? Have you ever focused on a circumstance so much that it seems bigger than God? I know I have sometimes. Sometimes you think too much on something, and it seems to become bigger than God. All of a sudden, you begin to feel insufficient, fearful, hopeless, maybe even sick in your body. But tonight, I would like to encourage you, you don't have to stay there because God is able to make all grace abound to you. Always that you, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. We hear the word grace, and most of us know the word grace is it's unmerited favor. It's undeserved favor, something we didn't deserve, but God gave it to us through what Jesus did at the cross, unearned favor. It is God's will that we abound in favor in all areas of our lives. One thing I noticed about this verse, the Apostle Paul in this verse, he did not say, and God will make all grace abound toward you. He said God is able to. And as I thought about that, I thought, God, why don't you just say God will make grace abound? And then I thought, sort of like, have you ever seen a bank advertising for a loan and says everyone's approved? That's never going to happen. There's, there's always conditions. We have to align ourselves up with the Word of God to be able to abound in God's grace. 
or his unmerited favor. We don't just get the favor. We have to line ourselves up with the Word of God. It is God's will, once again, I want, I just, tonight, my main, my main purpose of what I want to talk about tonight, I want to encourage us, because this is what I've had to encourage myself with, and I know that God would never have a person to minister something that they haven't been through, or it hasn't worked for them. So this has worked for me, so I just want to get you all to understand that it's God's will for us to have all sufficiency in all areas of our lives. That's mentally, physically, spiritually, and even financially. Tonight, I want to start with our mindsets. What do you lack mentally that holds you back from being used by God? Think about it. What do you lack mentally? Let's look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And we all know that carnal mind is our flesh man, and that's the area where the devil works. It's in our mind and our flesh. So if we're carnally minded, it's as to death. But if we're spiritual minded, it's life and peace. So how do we gain life and peace? Through being spiritual minded. We have got to realize when Satan is speaking to us in our thoughts. So many times we hear thoughts, and some of us, there's times where I don't know if it's God speaking to me or if it's myself. But we ought to know when Satan is speaking to us. Because if it does not line up with the Word of God, if it contradicts what the Word of God says, it's Satan. And we have to put him in his place. Because when you think about what the devil tells you, you have two choices. You could either cast it down or you sit there and ponder on it before you know it's in your heart, it's affecting your actions, and you're acting on that thought, which is a lie in the first place because the Bible says that the Satan is a liar. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, one of my favorite verses. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The thoughts start up here, so they got to come down. That's why it says pull them down. Satan is the prince of the power of the air, so he works in our thoughts. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of, of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every victory, everything that we will overcome or need to overcome, it's in Christ. And I'm going to show you that. i got a bunch of scriptures, and every scripture, our answer is in Christ and what he accomplished at the cross. About three weeks ago, I woke up normally about 6, 6.30, got ready to get done. And ever so often, Brother Peter, he'll, Brother Peter will text me, I'm praying for you, Brother Isaac. And uh, just ever so often, he'll do that. Well, this morning, he, that morning, he texted me. And I said, thank you, Brother Peter. It's my normal re- reply. And 
about five minutes later, I checked my phone, and he had texted me back. He said, are you okay? And I thought, okay, God, I think I'm okay. <laughs> so I texted him back and said, I am well. Well, it wasn't just two or three hours after that that I'm driving in a dump truck and overcorrecting in a curve. Before I knew it, I had flipped the truck on the side. A whole load of material flipped over. I mean, it was very, it was, it was scary. I just remember as I tried to gain control, Jesus, Jesus, praying, crying out to Jesus, and truck fell on my side, and I just, I, I got control of my mind, and I just started speaking in tongues. I was just screaming, speaking in tongues, just because I knew that I had to gain control of myself, or I would start panicking. Well, course, ambulance came, picked me up, and I was, I was calm to the point where I was aggravated at, look what you did. You know, not that it was intentional. I was aggravated at the situation and the circumstances of what we'd have to deal with, knowing the truck is messed up, knowing I can't get the job finished. So anyways, I'm, we're sitting in the emergency room, and it, I was reminded of the text that Brother Peter had sent me earlier that day. And I thought, thank you, Lord, that you know our future. You know, God's ways is higher than our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So God knows our future. So we are in his hands. And I'm so thankful that God protected me that day. You know, and I don't, I don't mean to say this to lift Brother Peter up because I know he can't stand it no more than I would someone bragging on me. But what Brother Peter does is no different than what any of us can do. If you obey God, God's going to use you. God can work through every person the same way he can through me, Brother Payne, Sister Terry, Brother Peter, every minister in here. God can work through you the same way if you line yourself up with the Word of God. But I want to get back to this mental situation here because after the wreck, uh, after, the, after the adrenaline left, I was sitting on the couch and family members were calling me and I I was talking to my grandmother, and she was asking me, she was actually in tears because she was mad that we didn't call her and tell her earlier what had happened, and I was explaining to her the situation, and I, as I was explaining it, I had a flashback of the wreck, and I started panicking. I had to, just, had to give the phone away. I started, my teeth started chattering. It was just complete anxiety, so I told, had to have my wife and mom come pray for me right now. And I fought that for at least a couple of days. And I know it was an attack of the devil. It was a mental attack. And this verse, it says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things. At that time, I really wasn't sufficient in mental strength because Satan was trying to bring fear on me. But I knew that's not God's will because I knew I had two choices. Give in to the fear and just become an anxious person and be ineffective for God. Because the last part of that verse says the reason why he wants us to have all sufficiency is so that we can abound to every good work. So God doesn't just protect you, doesn't bless you, just so you can have good things. He does it so you can, in return, 
further his kingdom. So I said, I'm not going to allow this. I knew that if I thought too much on it, it was going to get in my heart, and it was going to take another level. It was going to get worse and worse. So I started getting in the Word of God, quoting scriptures. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be careful or be anxious for nothing. And you read that, and I read that, and I thought, Okay, God, how am I supposed to not be anxious about what I just went through? But if the Word of God says that we can do something, we can do it. Be careful or be anxious for nothing, but in everything, this tells you how that you can overcome anxiety, in everything, by prayer and supplication, talking with God, not just telling God everything that you need and what you want and leaving, getting up and walk away. I'm talking about talking to God and listening. Because when you conversate with someone, it's never just a one way. Because if someone came to me and all they did is tell me, talk, 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 and didn't let me talk, they didn't listen, it would be a little offensive. How do we think God feels? God wants to talk to us, but we have to listen. In everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Then the peace of God that passes all understanding, I don't know how he does it, but it, that is what keeps our heart and our mind. But it's in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus. So then how is there mental healing in Christ Jesus? You know, we know that when Jesus died on the cross, he died so that we could live, so that we could gain eternal life. But it doesn't stop there. Matthew 27, if you have your Bibles, turn with me. I want you all to see this. Matthew 27, verses 27 through 29. Chapter 27, verse 27 through 29. It says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. That crown of thorns that they placed on Jesus' head was for our mental healing. There was a price that was paid even before he was put on the cross. He was already paying a price. So everything that we could ever deal with in our minds, every, every time the Satan would try to put fear on us or try to cause us to be anxious or worry, we can overcome because Jesus already overcame. The Bible says we've been made more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, he wore that crown of thorns because this is where our thought process goes on right here. This is where our worry and fear starts. So that crown of thorns, Jesus took that crown of thorns. You know, he could have said, he could have kicked that off and said, no, I don't deserve that. But he knew that we couldn't pay that price. So he paid the price so that we could have mental healing. And I had to, I had to consider that. I had to let that just get inside of me so that I could overcome that. Having all sufficiency physically. 
What do you lack? Think about this. What do you lack physically that hinders you from doing a work from God for God? Do you need a healing? Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 says, He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. That's a promise. That's a promise that Jesus paid for on the cross. It is God's will that we abound in health. And I know sometimes we get a cold, sometimes we get sick, maybe even the flu, but I'm talking about situations in our health that causes us to not be able to do the work for God that he wants us to do. That's what I'm talking about. A cold, you get over it in a week. But I'm talking about a terminally situation that will totally set your life in another course to where you can't do what God wants you to do. That's not God's will. Third John verse 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So these are promises. The Bible says that faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Some people think that when you have faith, you're just believing, you're hoping for something, but you really don't know that it's going to come true. But when you're standing on the Word of God, you are standing on something. You're not just, oh, I hope this is going to get better. I hope I can get healed. I hope the doctor gives me a good report. If you're standing on the Word of God and you really have faith, by reading the Word of God, you got to feed yourself. You can't go without eating for a certain period of time. You're going to get weak. You have to feed yourself by the Word of God. If God says, above all things, that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, believe it because it's God's will. Financial sufficiency. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33. Therefore, take no thought. Once again, he says, don't worry. He's saying it again, don't worry. I have to tell myself that more than I should. Don't worry, Isaac. Don't worry saying, what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? Where are you going to get the money to pay for your clothes? Where are you going to get the money to pay for your bills? Have you ever asked yourself that question? For this is what the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things we got to remind ourselves that God already knows before we, we need it. God already knows. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Going back to verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God. And then everything will be added unto you. Sometimes we get, I'm going to make sure I say this right, the cart before the horse. Sometimes we seek what we need. And that's why they become 
those situations become bigger than God to our flesh because we're working in the carnal mind here. When you're seeking and when you wake up in the morning, that's all you think about is your circumstance. How are you going to work this out? How are you going to figure this out? All of a sudden, it becomes bigger than God. That's why you're not trusting God because you're working on what you can do to fix it. But Jesus already paid the price for every need that we have. We've got to keep our focus on Jesus and what he has done. Philippians 4.19, a verse that we all know very well, but my God, your God, shall supply all. He didn't say some. He said all. All sufficiency in all things. That's what the scripture says. All your needs according to his riches and glory. I love this. By Christ Jesus. So everything is only by Christ Jesus. We can never do good enough to attain really what we need. It all has to be our faith in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 16, and 17 says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, the heirs, heirs to God, and joint heirs with who? With Christ. So we're talking about financial sufficiency. If we're joint heirs with Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the cattle they graze on, if we are a joint heir with Christ, does that mean that we get table scraps? No. We get what Jesus gets. Because Jesus said, everything that I've done, you can do. If you line yourself up with what the Word of God says. So financially, we can be sufficient if we keep ourselves lined up with the Word of God. Paying your tithes, giving your offerings, not being forced to, because if you have, if you have to be forced to, you're not going to give joyfully, and it's not really going to be a, a good offering to God in the first place. Joyfully give to God. But why would God want us to be blessed? Why would he want, us, why would he want our cup to be overflowed? Think about a teacup and a saucer. You overflow it, it's going to fill up the saucer, and then below that, there's another saucer and cup. So God doesn't waste things. God doesn't fill you up and then the blessings just fall out to the ground and just become stagnant. There are people that are around you. If you're a Christian, God will have people that you can minister to. So as God fills you up, overflowing, you're going to bless those other persons that are beside of you. God doesn't waste. Sometimes people can't Okay, if you know the truth, if you know the way, you know how to get a hold, if you know how to get under that fountain of blessing and that other person may not know, you need to get close to that person. You need to draw near to God and let the power of God fill you up so that it overflows into that person's life. And then as they see how you work, how you maneuver, how you line yourself with the Word of God up, you're teaching them, therefore, they can do the same with people that they can minister to. Last but not least, God wants us spiritually sufficient. Have you ever lost your joy? Has your faith ever been weakened? Psalm 16, 11 says, In his presence there is fullness of joy. 
in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. So what does that tell us? If we've lost our joy, then we're not spending time in the presence of God, right? So we have to make time to spend in the presence of God because the joy of the Lord is what? He's our strength. It's our strength. So if we're weak, if we've lost our joy, it's because we're not spending time in the presence of God. Some people lack the Spirit of God completely because they haven't accepted Jesus in their heart, understandably. But if you're saved and you feel empty, unequipped, nervous about stepping out for God, I'll tell you what you need if you don't already have it. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Therein lies the boldness, the power, the fire. I think about Simon Peter. He denied Jesus three times. Three times he denied Jesus. The man that walked with Jesus, he walked with him, and he denied Jesus three times. I don't know about you, but if that was me, I would want to hide. I would not want to show my face. I would, I'd feel awful. I, don't, I would thank God, how in the world could I even be used if I denied Jesus? I'm sure Simon Peter lost his confidence. But here's the funny thing. Simon Peter had carnal, he had a carnal mind. And Jesus knew that. Carnally minded, he said, I'll never deny you, Jesus. I'll never do that. Jesus rebuked him. Surely this night before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. He had to put Peter in his place. How many times have, has God had to put us in our place? We think we're more than what we should be. We think, we think we're more than what we are. We've got to stay humble. But I'm so thankful that at times when we do get out of place, the power of God can still rest on us. There is still grace. It's still sufficient. It's undeserved. That's why we can't work for it. Simon Peter denied Jesus three times, but I love this. On the day of Pentecost, after he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he stood up in front of the crowd, in front of the mockers, because after the power of God had failed, people were speaking in tongues. The power of God was falling. They were in the Spirit. How we worship here sometimes, they were dancing in the Spirit. Somebody would come in here and think there's a bunch of nuts. They're drunk. I've heard that before. That's what was going on right here. That's what was going on in this Bible story here. Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm sure Peter probably thought, I'm never going to talk about God because look what I did. But after he received that power, he had boldness. He stood up and he preached he stood up in front of those mockers. He preached what was happening. He preached about Jesus. And through that, the church was birthed. But I don't believe that would have happened had it not been for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are we spiritually hungry? God wants us complete. He wants us to abound to every good work to further his kingdom. The reason why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important, 
the boldness that I didn't have as a younger child, I gained. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you gain power, you gain boldness to do the work of God. Once again, it's not for yourself. It's so that you can be stronger. You can have boldness to do the work of God, to get up and minister. I believe I would not be able to have the nerve to do what I'm doing right now had I not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We all need that power. If you, ha- if you have it and you have it used in a while, you need a rekindling. You need to ask God to refill you because that will help you to further the kingdom of God. Going back to the first verse, Mom, you can come on up. God is able. He is able to do what? To make all unmerited favor abound toward us. Mentally, if we're battling something in our mind, we've got to have faith that Jesus paid the price with that crown of thorns so that we don't have to battle that anymore. We have to walk in victory. Church, the Lord could come anytime. We don't have time to selfishly have a pity party on ourselves. Well, hi, God, is this happening to me? And I understand there are circumstances that happen that are serious, and we can't help but just be overwhelmed. I understand that. But there is a time when you have to gather yourself as a child of God, encourage yourself like David did. David didn't have nobody. He encouraged himself in the Lord. we got to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Pick yourself up. Get in the Word of God. Believe what it says, church. God, everybody say this with me. God is able. God is able. Think of your need, whether it's physically, if you're sick in your body, mentally, spiritually, if you're empty, financially, if you need a miracle financially. There is a scripture and there is a word, there is a promise for every thing that you need. Tonight, God is able to make all grace abound toward you always, all the time, church. I love that. It's not just when we're in church. All the time, it's God's will for us to be sufficient all the time, having all sufficiency in all things that we may abound to every good work. There is a work to be done. Jesus is coming soon. If you would stand with me. There is a work to be done. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And if we don't get ourselves together and get in the presence of God, and keep the joy of the Lord as our strength, how are we going to help others? Do you want to take a soul or multiple souls with you when you go to heaven knowing that you have one souls to God? I do. If you lack tonight, I want everybody to just close your eyes. Think tonight 
I've named a lack of a mental sufficiency, physical sufficiency, spiritual, financial. If there's, think about your life, if there's any situation that falls under either of those categories that's, that you're lacking in, tonight I want you to just come down to the altar and I want you to think about the scripture that says, God is able to make all grace abound toward you always, that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Tonight, as you walk to the altar, I want you to say to yourself, God is able. God is able. Encourage yourself like David did. God is able. Would you come and declare tonight that God is able?